There you go, listeners. Now, as promised from last Sunday, we have rock and roll royalty on the phone, Mr. John Swan, a.k.a. Swanee. How you going, Swanee? I'm doing well. How are you? Mate, I am having a ball. Thank you so much for being on our program this afternoon. Look, my listeners are absolutely chuffed. I told them last week you, you were going to be a guest on the program. And honestly, my phone didn't stop. You know, the messages kept coming in. and they absolutely. Yeah, mate, they are so pumped. They, they, they just because of COVID and everything, you know, all the music scenes kind of ground to a bit of a halt, and uh, would it have, has, hasn't it? oh yeah. man, would have affected you it's like so bad. many others. And it's it's been a tough time, buddy. Have you been have you been uh, occupying your time through the COVID, not being able to perform? Well, I've released uh, this album that's coming up. It's just it's on pre-release at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, the greatest hits thing, uh, and that's through. Uh, melodic uh, records, okay. MR records, right? Uh, in Melbourne, and you know they're a new company who are giving people young bands a start, you know. But see, I I, I became mates with the guys when they were setting up, and they they put it to me. They said, you know, why don't you come on board? You know, and I said, nah, I like to do my own, you know. And yes. I thought about it. I thought, you know what? It's too much work for me. It yeah. really is because I had. Uh, Sebastian Chase did it for me last time, and you know I'm trying to record in America. I'm trying to record here, and then between releasing albums and recording, it's a it's quite a big job. Yeah. Like, and, and and with today's technology, I'm not up with that. You know, I'm still you know to me, a computer's like an Atari. You know. <laughs> <laughs> You use it, you use it in hotels just for playing that game that you bing, yeah. bing. <laughs> yeah, I got to I got to tell you, mate. I'm not, a, I'm not a like yourself. I'm not a computer, um, a computer geek. You know, I'm, I'm playing yeah. around with Audacity at the moment, which yeah. is a very basic sort of program just to put my own programs together. And I was talking to a mate of mine who's got Pro Logic, and he sat me in his studio with Logic. And he said, look, I'll show you how to do some tricks in Logic, you know, and I imagine you probably use yeah. Logic yourself. I use Logic Pro X. Yeah, and, and like he sat there and I was in the studio and the mouse is flying around the, around the monitor screen at a million miles an hour and he said, yeah, you got that right? And I went, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah right, You're of course. Laugh, you? <laughs> Everybody goes, yeah, you got it? You know, I go and have a lesson off of some young kid, you know, some hotshot young uh, guy who's like the whiz kid sort of on the on the technical side, you know? Yeah. So you go there and you, you sit there for a couple of hours and I'll pay them a few hundred bucks and come home. And I get in the car and they say, you got that? I say, yeah, cool, man. No worries. Thanks a lot. See you soon, son. Yep. Uh, take care. Stay safe. Yep. You know, I get in the car and I go, what the? <laughs> <laughs> and I get home and I open up logic. And for some unknown reason, you know, I've, I've just, I'm one of those guys. Music comes naturally to me, yep. but technologically it doesn't, you know, because mm-hmm. I just like to play it. I don't like to really record it. I've always had Mark Hoppert or Mark uh, Moffat in Nashville doing it, and, yeah. and similar people. I've been very fortunate. Uh, so what I didn't do, which my brother's very smart at, he sort of looks over their shoulder and just sits there and watches. I was obviously having a good time, you know. We had Tommy Emmanuel and people like that in the yeah. studio, you know. You don't get time. I'm not going to sit back there watching a, a screen while he's playing. No, it's no. Like, this is a, you know, you get a chance of a lifetime with him. 
Absolutely, absolutely. So I remember I've seen a lot of because we are friends on Facebook, and I see a lot of your posts. And back then you were you were uh, putting an album together, and you were asking uh, like your supporters and your fans and. Yeah. Um, what sort of songs would you like me to put on this album? Now, this Greatest Hits album that you've come up with, which is due out, yeah. I think, on the 3rd of June, is that correct? I think it's yeah, released. I believe it is. Yeah. yeah. yeah, so. yeah. Um, now, obviously, your biggest hits will be on there, and is it yeah. all according to sales, or is it generated by also what your actual listeners and fans wanted to hear? No, I just listen to what they want. I don't care about the sales. It's not. It's the people who are buying it. I'm interested in. Okay. So like, I've still I've still got the same fan base I've had for thirty, forty years, you know, like but it grows when you I, I get along to gigs and the young kids come up and I'm I'm to jump up with somebody, I don't know, you know, like who's touring or something like that. Mm-hmm. And um or I'll get up with Mossy and, and we'll do Georgia together and stuff like that and everybody comes off. And when I walk backstage, I'm sitting there, and I don't drink. And me and Mossy sitting having a cup of tea, yep. and we're um, sitting talking. And they go, "Man, who's? Where did you come from? What? What do you do? You know?" And I go, um, I've, "I've done a bit. I've been around for a while, um, and I just like to give it like that because you don't want to put you don't want to put them down because they don't know who you are. Yeah, so it's not their generation. I'm two generations away from that lot. You know? Oh, yeah, absolutely." Absolutely. Yeah, Look, the thing is, though, I, I really consider like guys like yourself, and, and and you got your brother Jimmy, and then you got your younger brother who's now he's got his own music career. Yeah. Um, but you know, you guys really dug the well. You know what I mean, man. And and it saddens me that a lot of the people don't know who you are. I mean, and, and who some of the older guys are that are that are absolutely without these guys in the biz, you know, there there would be yeah. no music in Australia, really. No, well, you know, we started off with well, I started off. I was thirteen years old, and um, I was in Melbourne. Uh, no, I was at home. Yep. Uh, in Adelaide, with my my parents, my parents broke up, and unfortunately, it was um, one of them things that uh, I didn't have anybody to talk to, you know. Yeah. And because I'm the eldest of six kids. Yes. And, uh, it, it brought my heart when my mum and dad broke up because, you know, uh, I, I just love them so much. And everybody did, but being the eldest, you're sort of a bit closer to it. And you can see the the stress of having six kids. You know, my mum had me when she was 16. And wow. she had six kids by the time she was 22, you know, so you work it out. Yeah. You know? yeah. She, she wouldn't have had any life of her own mm-hmm. as such, you know, like she was just, she was breastfeeding one kid while she's got me by the hand and she's working in yeah. a, a washing place where you have one of those scrubber things that you, you know, you dump all the stuff in a copper and then you do the, the washing, mm-hmm. you know, and looking after four kids, you know. Yeah. Eventually six. Yes. And she did that even with my, my little sister, Lisa, the baby. Yeah. She did that with her, you know, but we were all older then, so it was uh, we could give a bit of a hand, you know, so we become quite, you know, you, you you just see the people and you admire them and it's not just love, it's admiration. You yeah. Know, like, and, um, you know, I guess everybody looks up to their mum and all that, but when you see them battling and how they have to live week to week in order to just get by, they yeah. live from paycheck to paycheck. There used to be a thing where they'd pawn, the old man had one suit and they'd pawn the suit on a Thursday and they had to have it out by Saturday because in case he was going out, you know, like, and, uh-huh. and that's how they got by, you know. Yeah. And I, I, I go down to Elizabeth West where 
where we were uh, immigrated to when we came in Adelaide. Yep. Uh, and there's the shops there used to give my mum tick, and I'd go in there and say hi, and I didn't know it was tick. I had no clue. My mum said, "We don't they get this?" And I'd go, "Can we put it in a box and I'd send it home?" You know. And yeah. You just I, I went back when I when I got a bit more well known. I had my first gold record, then I. I suddenly realised what all these guys have been doing for years. So I went back individually and thanked them and took them for dinner and stuff like that. And they were just like blown out because they were doing it for everybody. It was how that demographic and that that particular time, yep. mum, mums and dads were getting by. They didn't have to work. They didn't. They, you know, it's a bit like now. It's it's, it's hard, you know. Do you, so what? Of course, there's a. There's much more security from the government these days. Yeah, know? yeah. So, what was the first song? What was the big song off that off that album that went gold for you? Do you remember which one it was? Oh, I think it was uh, uh, Lady Carpenter. If I were a carpenter. If I were a carpenter. All right. Well, I tell you what, John. I'm going to put that song on right now, and we're going to be back with you straight after that.
All right, so we're back now with John. Uh, fantastic song, John. If I were a carpenter now, my goodness, what an incredible song. And you got so many, and that's obviously going to be on the, your greatest hits album because it is one of your oh, greatest yeah. hits. What other yeah. what other songs, just for the just because I don't actually know myself, uh, yeah. what's on it? I can only but imagine. Can you give us an idea of what other tracks are going to be on this album for the listeners? Yeah, uh, well, there'll be... There's a song called Tuck at the Top, Matthew, which I wrote for my nephew with the night he was born. Right. Old Rosie was old Rosie was in the old days it used to be called the turntable hit. It didn't necessarily mean it was a high charting record. Right. But it was the one that the punters used to want to have played. So that was a turntable hit in those days. Yes, know? yep, yep. And uh, you know, you never hear these terminologies anymore because they don't play that much content of Australian arts. That's why the industry's fallen a bit. I hate to sound like an old window, but um, the support's gone that we had. We had radio. Well, I used to be able to go and, like, say, came to to your place, you know, and I would bang down the door. I'm I'm going through uh, the middle of South Australia or Western Australia or somewhere like that. I'd bang on the radio station door and he'd say, who is it? I'd say, what do you want? I said, I've got a new single. I'd just like to have a talk to you. And you go in and you have a chat to the guy. And he'd play it. He said, if, I don't, if we don't like it, it's dropped. If we like it, we'll play. So he'd play wow. it once and people would ring in. And you'd sit there and have a chat with him. And he'd say, how are you getting? Well, we're driving across the Malibor with, you know, we've got six guys in the panel wagon and the gear. And um, we're, we're going to Perth to try and build a, a, a rapporteur with the 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 local people, you have to work the, the audience, you know, yeah, how we yeah. did it in those days. There was no, uh, the voice where you go and do 10 shows and you're a number one, you know, we went to every single town in Australia. We go and to ask Tommy Emanuel, Phil Emanuel, uh, you know, even the, the later guys did it, you know, uh, Mossy and all those guys with Chisel, they went from time to time to time, but they went big time to big, big We went from little town to next town yeah. because it paid for the petrol to get to the next town. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was, but it was such a great life. So there's Rosie, there's uh, the title track from that album that Lady What's Your Name and Temporary Had It Come, uh, This Time It's Different, which yes. has got the, the most brilliant introduction guitar piece by Tommy Emanuel. He played, I said, I want to create a bull ring, you know, and a Spanish type of atmosphere, you know, and the Conchita, uh, and he, you know, that sort of Mexican Spanish thing, you know, like, and he said, yeah, yeah, got it. And he sat down and he played it. And he said, that idea? I said, yeah, cool. He said, okay, let's record it. I said, it's done. Because <laughs> everything, everything he played, I took. Yeah. I hit the button. Because with him, you could use that. Anything you could do, you could make a compilation up with anything he did later on. He was that proficient. Yeah. Know? Yeah. So, and there's my my sister's song, Linda. There's Temporary Heartache, which was a big hit for me. That was uh, written with uh, Steve, um, beg your pardon, David Skinner from the Roxy Music. He came across to me, and he also wrote Lady What's Your Name, by the way, and a oh, track okay. called Sail, Sail Away, which I had you know, relative success with. My first single was Crazy Dreams. Uh, um, that one's on it. Tin Soldier I did with Steve Marriott. Um, Days Gone By I did when we had our truck accident where two of my guys got killed and the truck incinerated and we lost all our gear. But more than that, we lost two members of the family because both of them had, one of them had a, a just given birth to a son for, with my sister. So it was really close. You know, and it 
it screwed up so many people's lives. Yeah, I think I, I think I still feel guilty about that now. I'm nearly seventy, mm-hmm. and you can't forget that somebody, somebody's life was some young person who's out there. He's driving the truck. He's setting up your gear. They're your ambassadors. They get to the club before you do. They talk to the punters, you know. Like, yeah. and, uh, they get to know everybody. I walk in that night at 10 o'clock, and there's all my rider in the back room and that because Roddy's doing so good. This guy's stuck a bottle of scotch and some beers and some sandwiches and stuff in the back room. Yeah. You know, before before it was part of the deal. Uh-huh. It's just a, um, and that was those guys being ambassadors for you. That without the crew, there is no job. You know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a song called Angel, which uh, I wrote for my wife. Uh, Full Do and Fell. Love is an Arvin Bishop song. But I, when I first heard that, many, many, I can't remember, 35, 40 years ago, I heard that and I fell in love with it. And I'm still in love with it now. I play it every time I play it. You know, because it's one of those go-to songs. Yes. When I start a set with that, whether it's me on acoustic guitar just singing or a full band, when I start with that, I feel comfortable and relaxed at home. Yeah, yeah. It's a, a nice place to be. My, my safe spot, if you want. You know? Yeah, fantastic. There's a song called Carrie Ann, which uh, I, I was in a, a nightclub in the cross, believe it or not. Really? Surely not. The mandolin room used to be where everybody in rock and roll went to after the gigs. Absolutely, you know? yeah, of course. And it was like, you know, you walk in there, the, the doormen were our karate instructors, you know, like, so they were, you know, you'd walk up to the door and there'd be up on stage, there'd be Thorpe and Mossy, uh, Don. Uh, all these guys from that era, you know, like they they were still learning their crafts and coming through. Yep. So we'd all be in there till nine o'clock in the morning because all the bands were there. All the best looking girls used to turn up there. You okay, know? it was a it was a wonderful atmosphere. Yeah. Um, so I met this guy there, and he was talking at the bar. And he said, "Can I buy you a drink?" I said, "Yes, yeah, sure." He said, and he gave me a story. And he said, "You know, he had a young kid who was blind and." and she was deaf and couldn't hear, and her mum's had left her, and she was blaming herself, you know, for her mum leaving, and she thinks it's her fault, and he was trying to communicate. He's just a dad, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I went away, and he was a, he was, he was a movie guy, because, like I said, that's the type of people that used to hang there, and he was the director, supposedly, for um, some movie that was being done, and they needed a title track. So I went away and wrote this. It took me four days. I couldn't sleep because I had obsessed on this little girl. You right, know, she, yep. She become part of my my psyche, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you listen to the words, you'll understand. It's a very very in depth song. I think it's probably one of the best songs I've ever written. Yeah. And I went back, you know, and I said to the guy behind the bar, I said, "Have you seen?" Um... And he went, "No, no, he's a uh, he's in jail." And I went, "What?" <laughs> he said, "Yeah, he's a he's a con man." I went. You're kidding, I've just written the title track for his album. I've got it finished here with the strings and everything. And I went, uh, I got you too, eh, John? <laughs> yeah, but out of it came a great song. So you, you have to live the, the drama in order to get the best out of the songs. You Absolutely. Know? The, lyrics then, the lyrics have a meaning as opposed to just uh, something clever that you've strung together in a, a, a basically an English composition type of situation. You know? Fantastic. 
Fantastic. Mate. Have a little faith. I did, I'll just do what, have a little faith for you because that's with Mark Moffat and it's all done in the States okay. with all American musicians. Mm-hmm. Um, I had $10,000 and I said to Mark, can we do an album for $10,000? He said, John, you couldn't get these guys for a day for $10,000. They wow. probably cost you that each because it's only rights band. You know? Yep, yep. Uh, and all the top session players in Nashville are playing on that album. So the... Uh, the record company here, Michael Gaminski and, and the lads down in Melbourne, yep. uh, wanted me to re-record if I were a carpenter, uh, hold your head up, step on you, and something. I can't remember exactly what it was. But it was in order for them to be played in a different manner that may work in America. You know, like, oh, okay. But, yeah, well, the album was released here, and all it was was another version of songs that you've had hits with and so many people do that yep. for me it put a bad taste in my mouth but the album was sensational you know like it was a great album and this day it's a great album we will get a chance to hear it very soon because there's a box set coming up just after the the greatest hits oh. the release of a box set. i'm just putting that together today actually fantastic so when are you expecting to release that one john couple of months i'll let the album this one the greatest hits go because that's um that's my that's classically my life's work you know like it's sort of i i look back at those tracks it's there and it's just it's only 20 tracks but it's like wow you know but i put together a, a booklet that's got an eight page booklet and all that sort of stuff and i didn't do the normal bio stuff i, I wrote like i was talking to the people who are reading, because that's the problem for them. They yeah. don't, they download. They don't have the physical thing in their hand to hear the stories that you give. You know, no. and, I, and because I did Tin Soldier, uh, I used to get canned people who say, "Oh, sorry for you. You can as a, the cover bands, you know, because they're, they're making. They go out there and they don't put a tribute to anymore. They just got Billy Joel, Elton John, in excess." Cold chisel, and they're playing at the corner pub. And I thought, Jesus Christ, this is going to be good. We need the sounds, you know, yeah. like to get them all together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that the reality is, everything that every cover I ever did, I recorded. It was on an album, it was on a B side, you know, because I got a chance to do the songs with Steve Marriott from The Faces. Me and him went out drinking for four days. You know? <laughs> And we've become really close mates. And I got up on stage with Humble Pie and did Tin Soldier. And it's one of the, the treasured memories that I've got. You know, I mean, if you look back over your career and you've got I Can Tina Turner, Bad Company, yes, Jock Hocker, I toured with so many times. I used to take him into a pub in Adelaide and we'd get wrecked when yes. you wouldn't believe. You know, and in the meantime, we were doing press, you know, the main auditoriums there. And he would go home and have a sleep and come back and do the gig and you'd be there before we went on. You know? And it, it, you, everybody forgets that those people are, are human beings too and they've all got a story, you know. Yeah. George was tragic. Me and Joe, were, we were a pair of tragedies because we were so badly into the drugs and the alcohol and so we, we used to sort of lean on each other, you know. Uh-huh. But it was great because I seen the roadie standing at the side of the stage and he's sort of wobbling and I said, you are right? He said, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. And the roadie said, you'll be cool. And he sort of tiptoed, he got up on his tiptoes and they pushed him forward for the first song in the set. And he, and he went out and it was something like Delta Lady, because it was that band, the Mad Delta and Englishman band, you know? Yes. And 
he tiptoed across to the stage, and when he got out to the middle of the thing, he started the wrong song. <laughs> he sing along, he sing along in time to the wrong song, and Leon right. Russell just changed it. And within the second champion degree, and uh, uh, Cornell degree, and Leon Russell, those guys just wizards. They changed the song like within two bars. Yep. You know. They were on the trong that he was on, you know, and he sort of turned around and they suddenly realized that and they gave him a smile, you know, and you can see them just shaking their heads going, Christ. <laughs> Those were the memories that, yeah, know, they were the days, man. That's what music and yeah. rock and roll and the industry was all about, and um, you, yeah. you're a definite survivor of it, that's for sure. You've, you've, you've... Oh, look, I, I'm so, you know, I've got another album, I've just, I'm working on it now. It's a sort of, have you heard of the Susan Tedeschi, the the blues singer, yes, from America. yes, Derek Trucks, uh, Derek Trucks band. Uh, um, he was Eric Clapton's boy. He joined the Allman Brothers when he was nine years old. So uh-huh. He plays. If you if you look up at the look, the people listening look up and they say Derek Trucks or nine year old guitar player Layla, which is Eric Clapton's piece, you know, for the. But Dwayne Allman actually played the side on it. So he was with the, he's related to one of the Allman brothers, the drummer, I think it was, and they got him up on stage at nine years of age after yep. Dwayne had been killed in his motorbike accident. The the boy got up there and he's playing this Layla like it's nothing. Yeah. He's not even flinking, he's not even, he's got his eyes closed, he's not watching the neck like, oh, God, I don't know sure where to go. And yep. he's playing the best, one of the best classic pieces in the world. Yes. You know? Yes. And then, um, you know, so I'm doing a blues album like that, just acoustically with Slide, when there's a guy in Melbourne who I've been working with since my first band back, you know, so many years ago. It was just Chicago blues. That's all we played when everybody else was putting up pop stuff. Because I used to play with uh, Lynn Randell. Do uh, you remember Lynn, Lynn Randell? I've heard, Cho, yes. Yes. Cho, Cho Baby, Let's Call It a Day. Yes. Was the number, number one single. Well, I joined her band. When I went to Melbourne, when I was 13 years old. Yeah, so now, from I, this, yeah, I wanted to ask you, John, because you started such an early, early age. You're like 13, 14 years of age. Did you actually, obviously, you wouldn't have had any sort of vocal training or anything whatsoever, would you? You just, how did you? No, I was, see, the thing is, I was a drummer in those days, you know? Yeah. Who's son? I was a drummer who's son. So I, I was a drummer and at 13, she just wanted to look after me. And Colin Hewitt and people like that, you know, there was the guys from the Twilights and, you know, all those great bands. And they, Max Moe and Billy, Billy Thorpe were my mentors. They, they sort of used to take me under their wing mm-hmm. and get, get me another gig. So I'd join Blackfeather or somebody like that or just join a cup of wine yep. uh, as a drummer and play there for a stint until their drummer got better or got whatever it was and then I'd move on to another job. And slowly and surely just you work your craft. But when you're working at that level, you don't realise that you're 13 years old because you're living with 27-year-olds and you're doing what 27-year-olds are doing. Yeah. So I wish that on any child today. So what about what about your vocal, though? Because, look, are you guys oh, just born with this? Yeah. Because, I mean, you've got Jimmy, who's got this incredible vocal as well, yeah. and it just seems like you guys are just such an incredibly talented family. You must have just been born with a gift. No, 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 hard work. Hard work, yeah. yeah. 
behind everybody that's got a, a success story, there has to be about 40 failures. And, you know, you've got to try harder than everybody else. That's all. It's like being a swimming champion. You, yep. know, like you, you don't get to be, see, you don't get to play to record companies unless you've got something that you've, you've got crafted together. Yeah. Think of Paul Kelly and people like that, you know. Like I knew them when they were just playing in folk clubs, nothing, you know, no success, but the music was brilliant. Bob Dylan, yeah. those guys, yeah. um, you know, they don't give a damn about the success. That, but in Bob's case, um, last night I was sitting learning the guitar parts for All Along the Watchtower to do a sort of bluesier version of it. And the Henry's guitar playing on the Bob Dylan song is just unbelievable. Mm. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm so, in, I'm still so much in love with music that that's all I do. It's my little safe place to go. Yeah. I live in my studio. I've got a studio underneath the house, and I live down here. My wife's upstairs with a dog, and I'm, I'm sort of down here, and I just sit with three or four guitars around me and go learn this stuff and learn it, and like I did when I was a kid. Yeah. I'm, I'm fortunate at nearly seventy to be still that kid that's madly in love with music. And yeah. that's the passion. Yes, yeah. it's, it's not. It's not a job. It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. It's yeah. yeah, I can't get up in the. The very first thing I did this morning was went and got my guitar. Uh, I'm sitting. Excuse me, the mental picture, but I'm sitting with my jocks and trying to make a cup of coffee. And I picked up my guitar because I knew I had to be ready for you. So uh, I went and had a shower and came back. No, I did that later on. And I picked my guitar up and I was playing. And I'm sitting there, my jocks and. and oh, there's my coffee. Then I went to get it and it was freezing cold. You yeah. know? And I suddenly realized I've been sitting there for a couple of hours going over that thing. And it's like, you know how everybody's got to have a safe place to go at some stage of their life? Yep. That's what that's what singing and playing guitar and drums and piano and, and writing and recording does to me. Fantastic. That's my safe place. Fantastic. You know, it, it's like a nice place that God's given me to go to and crawl into and you'll be safe. Well, mate, I, I can only imagine how this album is going to go for you. The greatest hits, this, this pre-order. Um, we'll, we'll give them the, yeah. we'll give the listeners the address for the pre-order. So yeah. if they want to get it pre-ordered, and you sign it too, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The pre-ordered stuff. Yeah, go on, John. You were going to say something. I, I was going to say, if you send me an email, I'll send you one, and you know, like, we'll what we'll do is we'll get a, uh, I'll get an email from you, and we'll sign one for somebody. One of your listeners. Oh, like that. that'd be brilliant. That'd be fantastic. Uh, just personally, because I don't mean that to be pop starry, but it's nice yeah. to have something. You know, oh, I think you should write a book. I think I think you should <laughs> definitely write a book, Jimmy. Your brother's written a couple, and he's doing well with the books too. So, oh, I, th- yeah. I think you should definitely write a book, there, John. And um, yeah. you you would have a lot of fascinating tales to tell about your life in the business. And plus, oh, yeah. what you've done outside of the business, which is which is giving so much of yourself back to, to people that are a lot lot less fortunate than you. I think it'd be I think it'd be a bestseller, mate. I'd I'd certainly buy a I, copy I, of it. I've got to be really honest with you. I'm just grateful to be here. You know, yeah. so it's sort of my way of paying back. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, yeah. One day at a time, bro. <laughs> One day at a time. Well, mate, thank you so much for taking the time, John. It's been an absolute right, pleasure, and and uh, I definitely, I definitely hope everybody's going to get behind this album. It can only be fantastic. Twenty of your yeah. greatest hits, and if they want to pre-order it, it's um, I've got a link on my website, but it's at um, uh, what's it? What's it? Melody. 
rockrecords.com.shop or Swanee's yeah. Greatest Hits. But the easiest way to find you, of course, is just to go into Facebook. and go to my Facebook, uh, yeah. John Swan. John Swan musician. John Swan musician on Facebook, yeah. and that, of course, is going to take you to the to this link where they can pre-order the album. You're going to oh, sign Swanee, it for them. I've got about four sites. They use it for different things. Swanee will do. Swanee will have the same yeah. information on it. Thank you Sorry, so much for your time.